Hello, everybody. This is Francisco here from the Frank Ops Show, the worst name for a podcast ever. And this time I am recording the June backlog episode. So I am also behind with actually I'm, I'm actually on time with this one. Finally, um, I've caught up. I've caught up. I'm still kind of behind by 10 days. I usually try and get it done by the uh, end of the month. But the first of the the, the current month but unfortunately I, I i didn't and well i'm finally getting to it now and okay so so the month of june it's going to be incredibly light as far as completions was concerned i'm going to let you know why later on but well actually you, if you had listened to the may version of this uh you will know why it's because of the legend of zelda tears of the kingdom and I'll get to that. I'll get to that. But I think we should just jump right into the games that got into my backlog because there were a few. And wow, we can just kind of get that out of the way. So let's go. Okay, so first up on this list is Mutation Nation. It's about 47 minutes long, one hour to 100%. This was another SNK arcade game. This time you got a side-scrolling beat-em-up. And it's fun on everything, you know, the, the Switch, the Xbox One. It's not on the PS4, interesting. Uh, Neo Geo, and of course, arcade cabinets. And yeah, the slum, an area of town, an area of town completely forgotten. No one could imagine the cruelness suffered by innocent people who were transformed into horrible mutant creatures by genetic experiments. Okay, so yeah, standard beat em up for this era. You're, you're moving back and forth. It's. Uh, it's a 2D plane, but you can go, I guess, towards the screen and, and away from the screen there. As monsters come by, you have like two buttons and probably like a special. And then you just, from there, you just kind of beat, beat people up and beat things up until you get to the other side of the stage. And and that's it. That's it. That's, that's the game. It's another one of these SNK games that are piling up for me, but are, of course, little bite-sized things for whenever I am bored and I feel like doing something with those. All right, let's move on. Next is Sengoku 2. This is another Neo Geo game, 58 minutes long. And I have the first one as well. This is available on pretty much everything, the Switch, the PS4, the Xbox One, Neo Geo, and Arcades. And this was released back in 1993. And this is a side-scrolling... Uh, it's not a beat-em-up because you're not using your hands. You're using your sword. So it's a, it's a side-scrolling hack-and-slash. But in the same vein as any other beat-em-up as uh, from that era, you, you have a 2D plane going left and right, back and forth uh, from the bottom of the screen to the, to the further away on the screen, whatever. And uh, that's it. That's That's the game. And yeah. All right, so next is Amnesia, a machine for pigs. So this is another one of the Amnesia games I have now. Now this adds two. Now that's two games that I have in this series. I haven't played any of them. And well, yeah, this is definitely a, a spooky month type of type of video game. It's the type of game you, you save for, for October and... It's on Switch, the PC, PS4, and Xbox One. It's a first-person survival horror. Horror? Horror. Ugh. Survival horror. And, yeah, yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting scenario here 
with uh, me trying to get through a lot of these horror video games because I, I just haven't really touched the genre outside of Eternal Darkness and Luigi's Mansion. <laughs> so uh, aside from those, I'm not I'm not really familiar with the genre. I've tried like a demo of one of the Resident Evil 3DS games a while back, and yeah, I'm not familiar with the franchises or, or the genre whatsoever. Uh, just looking at the the gameplay of this, it definitely looks spooky. You're in a first person perspective, so it really does put you in the in the shoes of the person that uh, is exploring uh, the the thing on the bottom looks like a house or something like that. And and just I, I I'm from the way it sounds, a machine for pigs. I mean the 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 description is the world is a machine, a machine for pigs fit only for the slaughtering of pigs, and that's. That's where you, um, uh, let's see, it will drag you to the depths of greed, power, and madness. It will bury its snout into your ribs, and it will eat your heart. That's the description that the developers put out for this game. And it kind of gives me the vibes of that one King of the Hill episode where Luann was was dating that uh, heir to, like, or the, uh, the, the, the owner of, like, a Pig slaughtering company, and he was obsessed because with like her trying to be like the mascot of the company from a long time ago, and and then he ended up being killed as he was dressed like a pig and was put to slaughter, and he just uh, was crazy. He was just uh, mentally unstable, and I don't know. That kind of gives me that vibes just by the title of it and the theming of the uh, art style and artwork there. All right, so next is Overtop. So this is 20 minutes long, three hours to 100%. It's another SNK arcade game released on the Switch, the PS4, the Xbox One, and the Neo Geo. But it's a top-down racing game this time. And it looks interesting, kind of reminds me of like Micro Machines in a sense, but just in a way better art style and then just way more... Um, yeah, way more developed, that's for sure. And yeah, it looks very, very fast. Kind of like a, an isometric excite bike in some sort of ways. Of course, Micro Machines is another good comparison. And uh, looks very twitchy and very fast. So that would be an interesting game to play. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, th we'll see what this month's top three games I'm going to pick. Because uh, I don't think I'll be able to do a top three as far as what I've completed. But we'll see. We'll see. So... Uh, yeah, there we go. Over top. Next is a 1995 soccer game from SNK. Another SNK arcade game. This time it is Soccer Brawl. Also released on the PS4, Xbox One, the Switch, and of course Neo Geo. And yeah, your cybernetic players. You use special kick shots and built-in arm phases to destroy the other players. And it, it's an over-the-top soccer game so it is it is uh well it is presented in over-the-top style because that's just the way it was back then it's we don't have any 3d graphics here but of course the excellent 2d artwork that you can expect from snk games is is definitely well represented as far as the animations and everything like that is concerned but uh, it, it looks 
Well, it looks fairly interesting enough, but uh, I've, I have a hard time playing through soccer games. If Mario can't get me to like the sport, then I don't know how Soccer Brawl is going to do it. However, it's it's 42 minutes long. Maybe I get bored. Maybe I get through it. I, I played through NES Soccer. I'm sure maybe I can get through Soccer Brawl, which is definitely a massive step up over NES Soccer. Okay, so next is a game that I, I'm actually glad that I got this one for free. It's Payday 2. This was released back in 2013. It is on the Xbox 360, PS3, PS4, Xbox One, PC, and the Nintendo Switch now. And it's by 505 Games, and it's uh, action pack, four-player co-op, high shooter, I've always kind of liked the vibe of this game. I just never had the, um, well, I just never had the the opportunity to purchase it, nor have I, it, it hasn't really been so far up my radar that I really needed to buy it, but now I don't have to because I got it for free thanks to the, I think, the Epic Game Store. And this looks like a game that uh, should be on my radar as far as first-person shooters are concerned. It's 25 hours long. It says 479 hours to 100%. That's insane. I don't I don't know what exactly goes into 479 hours, but it does have a main story and that's all I care about. And we'll we'll go from there. So yeah, it's uh Payday 2. Next on the list is Sunblaze. So this is about six and a half hours long, 19 and a half hours to 100%. Released back in 2021 on the Switch and PC. So you lead Josie into her retired superhero dad's training simulator. But beware, the training room might go rogue and keep you inside. And Sunblaze is a brain-twisting precision platformer with hundreds of challenging handcrafted levels to keep you dying for hours and hours. And yes, this is a game that has you dying a bunch of times. You just just trial and error completely through. So it is a puzzle platformer in that sense. It's it's in it's in the uh, the brutally difficult category alongside like Super Meat Boy or. Gosh, man, some of the toughest levels that people could think of in Super Mario Maker. So that's that's the 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 vibe around this. It has an interesting art style. I I kind of dig it. And uh, I've, I've played a few of these, I guess, puzzle platformers. That of course you, you make one mistake, you don't hit the the right combination of things, and you die. And you just gotta start the whole level all over again. So. That's that's also a genre of games that surprisingly I have not been turned off by. And there is some structure, there is some sort of way to get through these games. So um on the Nintendo Switch, there was a game called Holoro, and that game was basically that where you you had to go through a uh set screen and you only had one opportunity to do it. If not, then you had to start all over again. And or like Cyberhook, Cyberhook was the same thing. You had to get through the entire thing for the most part in one shot, unless you reach a checkpoint. I don't know if this game has checkpoints. It just looks like it's screen by screen, and it looks interesting, looks challenging. If I ever do feel like challenging myself, this seems this seems like a game that could be on my radar. I don't know. I I kind of dig the vibe of this game. 
Next on the list is Alchemy Garden. So this released back in 2019. It's on PC only. It's a sandbox style game. You, you garden, you, you do some alchemy, you explore some stuff. And I mean, it, it says 21, and a, 21 hours to 100%. I don't think, I'm not sure. I think this is kind of like your old free range thing. And just looking at the gameplay, it seems like it's in that same vein of, uh, I wouldn't say Harvest Moon. I don't know, maybe in a sense like Harvest Moon or, or Animal Crossing. Uh, but I, the, the art style is very, very simplistic. I, I guess they were trying to go for like the simplistic art style, maybe like a little like Minecraft and that sort of sense. But I don't know. This one just does not grab me just from the the, the look of the game. And uh, I guess it's kind of clear. Maybe it hasn't really gotten too popular as well because it's only been released on the PC. Next is Eschelon Book 2. This is a role-playing game. It's released back in 2010. I'm not going to play this game. It's 19 hours long. I guess from if you just want to do main campaign, 61 and a half hours to 100%. And it just has all these menus, all these crafting things, very, very, very tiny little letters, very, very PC because it's only been released on PC and Mac and Linux. This is just a massive amount of time that I I just do not want to. I, I, I don't want to learn these systems. I, I, once again, I've, I've had these RPGs in my backlog and I'm just never going to get to them. They're going to stay there, but... I'm just never going to get to the maybe, maybe someday, maybe someday I will think like, oh, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe I, I, I want to go through these RPGs. Maybe I get through like a kick where I, I do feel like playing these massive RPGs, the 2D ones, or or maybe just go for like an Elder Scrolls game. But for now, mm, uh, they, they, ain't my, they, they, they ain't my thing. Next, we have the Super Spy. Released back in 1990, it's an SNK arcade game once again. However, it's presented in a first-person perspective and is essentially punch out. <laughs> it, it's punch out. It's basically punch out. So you punch, kick, and you you can use guns to fight off terrorists as you make your way through the building to rescue their captives. Defeating enemies earns experience, which can be used in a RPG-like feature to level up. And it, it really does look ridiculous. It, it's one hour long. I can get through this once again if I'm bored. I'm just like, I just need to knock out a game. And another SNK game. But this one does stick out just from the presentation style alone from a first person perspective. You just see the dude's fists in front of you. And you, you take out enemies as they got knives and all kinds of stuff. They're coming up from 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 doors and, and from the from the ceilings and everything like that coming from the sides and you just got to deal with them and you just move back and forth left and right and just kind of dodge their attacks and and just punch and kick and do your thing it just looks chaotic and fun and and honestly uh i, I dig it i dig it it might be one of the top three i'm not sure we shall see Next is Top Hunter, Roddy and Kathy. So this is another SNK arcade game released back in the U.S. in 1994. It's also on PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and the Neo Geo. 
and you're either Roddy or Kathy. You make your way through four different locations and destroy the two bosses in these locations. It's 40 minutes long. It's one hour to 100%. Another SNK game. It's presented in the in a 2D side-scrolling style. It reminds me a little bit of uh, maybe like Gunstar Heroes in that sort of sense, or Contra or or or, or Metal Slug, which is of course is an SNK property as well. So it's in that same vein, but it seems like your characters are, for the most part, just it's it's like a beat 'em up in that sense. But it's really more tailored towards people that have played, uh, or at least in the style of like Gunstar Heroes or. Or as I said before, metal slug. Except you're you're using your fist. The guy has like a has an arm that stretches out, and so it's a little bit Ristar on Sega Genesis or or Bionic Commando in that sense. Just there, there there is some some comparisons to games like that, and it just, just looks interesting. Looks fun. It looks like a, another one of those. I'm bored. I need to play a little something. Let me knock out one of these SNK games. Okay, next one is an RPG. It's in that same vein as the other RPGs that I, I I've I have in my backlog that are on PC. This is also released on the Switch, PS4, and the Xbox One and mobile phones. It's uh, Neverwinter Nights Enhanced Edition, released back in 2017. Return to the Forgotten Realms in this best-selling Dungeons and Dragons role-playing game. So it's D and D. I am not a fantasy role-playing or tabletop role-playing dude. So I have no idea. I'm not sure about any of these things or any other fantasy role-playing games. Just not, it hasn't been my bag. Just not my thing. So it's in the backlog. It's, you know, if I, if I ever am just confined to my bed and I still have use of my eyes and my arms and, and can comprehend things, it's 43 and a half hours long. 109 hours to 100%. I have a ton of RPGs, and I don't know if I will ever get to play these games or get through them. But, hey, we have options for later. We have options for retirement. Next on the list is Revita. This was released on the Switch and PC back in 2021. It is a platformer roguelike games it's a twin stick style game where you control one you control the main character it's a 2d side scrolling plane like that and you use the right the left joystick to move him around and the right joystick to aim his weapon and uh that's that's the way it is i'm sure on pc it's, it's the keyboard and mouse and uh you play as an Unnamed child dis- ascending an ominous clock tower in pursuit of their lost memories. Harvest and sacrifice souls to grow your power in order to challenge procedural encounter rooms and intimidating bosses. I've said in the past that these rogue-like, rogue-lights, I, I still don't know the difference between those terms. Regardless... I have not really been hooked with these types of games. I, I was able to get through it with Cadence of Hyrule, thanks to the Zelda theming and the fact that it, it isn't as brutally difficult compared to other games in the genre. 
I do have uh, the Necro Dancer, and that game I've not been able to complete, and I may not ever, because it's it's really difficult, and it's also procedurally generated, roguelike, whatever you want to call that. So just the trial and error, I don't get an opportunity to memorize the layout of anything because of course it always changes so enemies and everything changes item placements change power-ups everything like that so it, it these types of games really do turn me off in that sense for other people it's great other people it's it's like you, you, you hit the randomizer you're playing the modern randomized legend of zelda ocarina of time right for some people it's like that but for me it's it's not it just hasn't really been my bag. However, I do like the art style of this game. It's pixelated, it, it, and it's a, it's a platformer. So maybe, maybe that's something that can kind of ease me into it. Because so far, I haven't really played any platformers in that sort of sense. And I could give this one a go. It does, it does pique my interest in that sort of sense with its art style and its premise. So we shall see. Maybe it'll be part of the three. Okay, so the next game is definitely going to be chosen as one of the top three that I'm looking forward to playing in the future. Uh, this is Once Upon a Jester. It's three hours long. It's on the Switch and PC, released back in 2022. You travel the kingdom as Jester with his best friend Sock to improvise theater shows and perform on stages far and wide sing your hearts out crack jokes and impress audiences to become the stars of the famous royal theatrical spectacle looking at the trailer looking at some people's reviews of the game this is my type of game you're it's a very simplistic 2d art style they it's completely fully voice acted. It's created by a Dutch developer that did the translations themselves. It's an adventure game in that sense. You do have to make choices that affect the outcome of the game. And the idea is that you are traveling and you have to perform for these this town. And you have to speak to the people of the town and trying to get a get a, a feel for what they would want to see in a production of, in, in, of an improv show. So from there, once you get the information, once you learn about people, then you put on the show and you can make choices during the show that, that I guess, to try and captivate the audience. This is definitely my style of video game. I... I, I am looking forward to this. I, I do really do want to play this. I really do. I already know I'm not going to play this game. It's called Rogue Book. It was uh, released back in 2021. It's an adventure roguelike deck building card game released on the Switch, PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Series X, and S. And uh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's by the the creator of Magic the Gathering. You build a team of two heroes, unleash powerful combos, and defeat the legends of the Rogue Book. And it's I guess a card style fighting game. You pick cards, and then they make an attack, and they do stuff like that. But 
I'm not sure if this is my jam. I'm really not. So uh, as much as maybe there's people that really do like the fantasy elements, really do like Magic the Gathering and everything everything that goes with that, I, I, it's just not me. This is just not a game for me. But hey, if I'm ever if I'm ever bored, it's it's main story is at least not ridiculously long, eight and a half hours, but 187 hours, 100. percent I don't I don't know what that entails, but it's there. And finally, we have Gems of Destiny, Homeless Dwarf. It's a match three puzzle game. That's what it is. That's all it is. It's essentially like Bejeweled or something like that. Released back in 2022. It's in my backlog. And I guess it's just a type of game that you can kind of sort of play forever. But it's there. And uh, I mean, I, maybe I'll touch it once and be like, okay, I beat it and that's it. Because it doesn't seem like it has an end, right? So if it doesn't, then I might just take it off the backlog. But I don't know. It might have a storyline. I'm not sure. But, uh, you know, Match 3 Puzzle Game. There's... A dime a dozen for those. And, well, that is it, folks. That is it for the games that entered my backlog. So, which one of those three I'll choose? Well, we'll see. We'll see. I do want to get to the actual games that I was able to take off my backlog and check off and just be like, it's done. It's over. I don't have to go back to this ever again. Or at least some... Unless I feel like replaying it or something like DLC comes out or something like that. Anyways, so here are the it's a very short list. So the first game that I was able to complete in June was Hot Shot Racing. Now remember, I was playing The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom over the course of the entire back half of May and pretty much all the way up to June 24th. So I spent essentially a little more than a month inside of the world of Hyrule. As much as I loved Hyrule, I did need to detox just a tiny bit because I was addicted to the game. And surprisingly, I looked through my PC backlog because I didn't want to touch my Switch. And I found Hot Shot Racing. Hot Shot Racing is very much in the same vein as older... 3D arcade racers, especially to like Daytona USA, which speaks to my heart because I owned a Sega Saturn and I had the original console release of Daytona USA. It's presented, I guess, in the art style. Had they had texture filtering or or anything like that, that it might have been presented that way on the Sega Saturn. I mean, they might have been able to handle it, but uh, it's still, I guess, still fairly more simplistic because I think they would have gone for incredibly realistic graphics had it been. But Hot Shot Racing, uh, you, it's, uh, you, have, you can choose several different racers, a few different cars. You can customize your cars to look the way that you want it to. And the cars do have upgrades and everything like that. You can earn coins or, or money just by winning the the actual Grand Prix uh, tournaments, and it's it was 
a nice run through. It was an hour and 37 minutes for me to get to the end of that game. It's essentially what the main storyline, just for one character, that's what you go through. It's 15 and a half hours to 100%. That's if you want to get all of the upgrades, all of the little, you can earn like cosmetics and try and get all of those for each and every single racer and each and every single one of their cars, including all of the the decals and the, the the color schemes and the stuff that goes on your dashboard because you can you have the different views from the hood of the car to the bumper cam to the dashboard to the uh, dashboard cam and, and of course the third person view as well it's also it's on the switch pc ps4 and xbox one if you feel some sort of nostalgia for that era of racing game arcade style racer where you you have to reach checkpoints along the way before the time runs out. And of course the, the rubber band AI and all of those things, then then this is the, the type of game for you. I, I never thought that the game was unfair in my experience with it. Uh, I felt like that if you just got good enough and it's it, it's not a it's not a very steep learning curve at all, that you can master the game. And that's that's the mark of a very good racing game. And I, I, I for one, think it was good. I, for one, think it was a, a very solid game that harkens back to that era. I think if you if you expected anything more out of it, then you were just going to you're just going to disappoint yourself. Just think Daytona USA. Just think that era of, of racing game and you you should be happy. And that's what I thought of this game. All right, so I told you the SNK arcade games do come in clutch when I do want to play a little something, but I don't want to invest too much into them. They're they're short, 20 to maybe an hour long with regards to these arcade games. And, and I got three of them this month that I was able to just complete and just take a, a short little break away from The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. So the first one was The Last Blade. This one took me about 20 minutes. I mean, it's it's a fighting game. You, you, you use swords and things like that. It's 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 not overly difficult if you don't want it to be. You can, of course you have all the all the uh, amenities of setting the the difficulty and everything like that. I just needed something to kind of take the edge off from Zelda. And so the last blade came in clutch there. The the other game, I'm just gonna run through these rapid fire. The King of Fighters 98 Ultimate Match. King of Fighter games are fun. They are well made, very tight controls, very nice 2D art style. I've played through a few of them now, and of, and of course they're they're sister series that kind of meld into one alongside like with Fiddle Fury and things like that. And I mean, there's n- nothing bad I can say about it. it. Took me about 30 minutes to get through that. Finally, we have Samurai Showdown 4, Amakusa's Revenge. That was 44 minutes long. Uh, Another one of the Samurai Showdown games I've played through too, except this one was, gosh, man, the, the, the last few of the battles against the characters, the fights against the characters. Of course, these are all 2D fighters in some sort of sense, but... It was just insanely difficult. This is really hard. And I had it set to the easiest mode. Most of that 44 minutes was me trying to get through the last 
four battles. The last four battles probably did take me like half of that time, 20 minutes just to get through because it is trial and error. It's just trying to find a pattern. It made me actually invest and try and get good. And that was the mark of a good game, I would say. Uh, Amakusa's Revenge. Uh, that one really did get me to kind of buckle down and focus to try and eat game. And these SNK arcade games, especially the the 2D fighters, yeah, I, I usually just set them to the easiest difficulty. I'm just like, I want to turn my brain off, beat some guys up, feel overpowered, and then get them over with. But there was something to be said about the actual challenge of these 2D fighting games when you are presented with that challenge. And this game brought it to me at the easiest difficulty level, too. And I honestly didn't want to stop playing because I, I had gotten so close by that point. I can only imagine the the the, the, the children, the teenagers that that were in the arcades back in, what was this release? Back in 1996, and they're just right there, and they've, they've put in one coin, and they've gotten so close. They're like, they know that they're three battles away. They just need to beat these guys, and it's okay. Put in the other quarter. I can only imagine the amounts of dollars that were that were put into arcade cabinets of kids and, and teenagers trying to get get to the end. And for me... For me, it, it really, really did call back to that era, to that era, and it, and I, I, I appreciated it for that alone. So, getting through these essays, that that was kind of the cherry on top that that really did make me like, okay, I, I stepped away from Zelda just a little bit with these games. I could detox it, and it gave me a challenge that was like. All right, and it did really fuel me to get back into the Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom afterwards, and be like, "All right, yeah, I'm ready. I'm psyched. I'm, I'm already hyped up after 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 beating Samurai Showdown Four, and it was it was very thrilling." And that really does segue into the last game that I beat in the month of June, which was the Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. I'm sure you can go on other podcasts on on the internet, articles, or YouTube, everything like that. You will find all sorts of reviews for this game. People are still going to be analyzing this game for years to come. Me and my buddy Charles from my other podcast, Sports Goofs, we essentially, in our show, Sports Goofs, we had like a weekly Zelda update. And I, I honestly, I don't want to review the game right now because I feel like enough people have done that already. But I do want to tell you what I felt while I was playing that game. And it was one of the most profound sense of adventure that I've ever felt in a video game. It is one of my top favorite video games of all time now. And that's not a very easy 
top 10 list to crack. Over the course of, of my lifetime playing video games now for like 30 years, there's been very few video games that crack that top 10. And they're all very sentimental to me. They all kind of sort of enter into my life when I wasn't expecting them to or when I really needed them to enter my life. You have your Super Mario 64s, you have Sonic the Hedgehog 3 and Knuckles, which is my favorite video game of all time. You have Metal Gear Solid 5. You have Metroid Prime. Just games that that make me love the medium and make me reassess not just the art form, but they sort of influence like your life in some sort of way. And that's kind of what I felt as, as I was playing through Tears of the Kingdom. Getting to the end and, and just getting to the ending of this game, just after three games, this is the third game in in this sort of saga of this Link and this Zelda. Breath of the Wild, Age of Calamity, and then Payoff and Tears of the Kingdom. I I felt legitimately empty once I stopped playing, once I got to the end. And it wasn't that I was it was empty like in the sense like like you were hungry and then you 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 no longer um uh like you ate something and it's like okay it filled you up but you're kind of like disappointed that it like you you stopped eating it. It was it was it was the sense of like I felt empty like man this it's over like I I got to the end. I got to the point where I was ordered I was full. I was very incredibly overly satisfied. And now that it was over, I didn't have a direction as to where do you go from here? And that's why, heck, it took me a while just to pop these two out. I missed the May one because I was so enthralled in Zelda and I was still recovering to finally record this one and to talk about it with the June one because it did take me like a week to feel recovered from that game. Me and Charles were were talking about the where do we go from here as far as video games are concerned? Like as far as our personal playing, not as far as the industry as a whole, as as far as like, whoa, whoa how, how are developers going to top this? Because developers are always going to try and reach that next level. But more in like, how do you, the next video game experience for us is going to pale in comparison by a massive amount compared to this game. So it was kind of a sort of dilemma for me. I, I didn't know what was the right game to play after this. What was the right game for me to sit down and think, all right, so what's next? What do I play next? Uh, I had to sit back and... Jump right back into multiplayer only video games. I went back to Rocket League. 
I went back into Splatoon. Just just games that kind of sort of take took the edge off in that sort of sense. So it's okay, there they there's no adventure there for me. There's just me playing against randos and getting about an hour or so out of the way and just like, okay, I got that done. The same thing with uh, I'm playing MLB nine innings on my mobile phone. So that's another one that kind of just gets it out of the way now. But for that the end of June, I just I didn't know what to pick up and play after that. What was going to be the next single player experience that was going to follow up Zelda? So it was a dilemma as to, well, what can I pick? I, I, I Charles was like, okay, what? Well, send me your list of games. Send me a list of of some games that you have there. I mean, I didn't send him my full how long to be profile because that that would be a massive amount to sift through, but. But essentially, we were in that sort of dilemma of, well, well, we can't... I, like For me, I, I didn't want to pick an open-world game of any sort. I do have a few of them, but I didn't want to... I, I did not want to play a game like... I think I have Assassin's Creed um, Origins uh, or something that was open-world in that sort of sense. Like, an Ubisoft game was not going to work for me. I'm not going to pl- play... Essentially, what was um, generic <laughs> Ubisoft game that's going to be, I guess, satisfactory compared to Zelda? It, it would have just been absolute crap. Like I didn't want to spoil myself in some of those games that I have here. Um, I, I wasn't going to choose. I had to choose something that was essentially the opposite of Zelda, something that could be bite-sized and everything like that. And and it took me a while until I got to July. And July was when I finally started re reacquainting myself with games that weren't gigantic adventure games. And I, I essentially looked at it as like, okay, let's pick genres that will work for me. So that's racing games, that's retro Retro video games, uh, essentially from like uh, nothing, nothing, <laughs> nothing that was in 3D, essentially. Just uh, rather on Switch Online, either the Game Boys, Game Boy Advance, NES, Super NES, or Sega Genesis games. You have to choose one of those because you can't, you cannot choose a 3D game of that sort. I forgot to silence my thing, but... um. And I saw I was finally able to, after a week, after uh, to just taking it all in and thinking about the experience with Zelda, to actually move on from it. And and I have. I have moved on. I'm not going to go back to the Tears of the Kingdom anytime soon. <laughs> if they put in DLC for this game, oh my goodness. But for now... I think I did enough for myself. I think everybody who plays through that game or is going to play through that game is going to know when it is time. When it is time for me to say goodbye to the game. That's how profound the experience was for me to play. Because I got to a point where I had essentially put everything together and there was only one mission left, which was just to fight Ganondorf and Charles was like you're ready and 
I didn't think I was ready for that moment. I thought there's got to be something else for me to do. But then just kind of looking at everything that I had done by that point after 140 hours. And I knew like, okay, I am ready. I, I've been ready. I, I probably was ready 20 hours ago. But I just wanted to keep the adventure going. But then it was finally time to say goodbye to the game. So uh, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom is the... It's not even a question. It was the number one game that I got off my backlog in June of 2023. I can't do a top three because there weren't many other games. And that one just overwhelmingly overshadowed the other ones. So... Yeah. So uh, now, having said that, let's let's also talk about the games that I am looking forward to heading into the future that came into my backlog in June of 2023. So let's get the bigger one out of the way. So I'm going to go with Payday 2. It was really the biggest game, I would say, not as far as length was concerned, but as far as like profile compared to the uh, other games on this list. I'm sure Payday 2 is very, very popular in comparison to the other ones. And, uh, I mean, I, I just think that that style of FPS would suit well with me. So Payday 2 is what I'm looking forward to as far as one of the top three in, that came into my, my backlog in June. Uh, the other one is Sunblaze. The puzzle platformer, it does look brutally difficult, but of but it doesn't look so difficult where it's impossible. And I've played games like this before. So it is something that I know I can get through. And just the art style and everything alone does make me think like, okay, I can definitely sit down and and try and get through this over the course of three or four sessions, maybe. And finally... The one that I, I am most, most definitely looking most definitely looking forward to is Once Upon a Jester. That seems like a great weekend game. Maybe I could even play it in one session, just judging by the fact that it's about three and a half hours long or so. I I just looks very intriguing and very interesting. It seems like it's one of those games that I, you really do probably just play through once. And I looked at a review of it but i didn't want to listen to that review too much because they were showing off gameplay and some elements of the story and everything like that and and, and the dialogue and i didn't want to ruin that experience for myself it just seems like one of those games that you really do go through it maybe probably once i'm sure if, if it does have some options yeah you maybe want to go through it twice but it's it's just one of those games that i don't want to see for myself being played because I, I want to experience it for myself. So once upon a jester, and those are the three games that I am looking forward to someday, someday getting off my backlog. And that's it folks. That's it for my June backlog of 2023. It was a very, very quiet month in the sense that, I just didn't knock out a ton, but 
the one that I did knock out for sure was a massive one. And everybody out there, you really should play Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. I feel like as a video game connoisseur, if you do fancy yourself that, you owe it to yourself to try that one out, to actually go through that one and hopefully go in with an open mind if you never never really played a Zelda game. And that's it, folks. Um, follow me. All the stuff, all the links are in the description. Take care.